Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong, but knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions and that where you sit depends on where you stand. The challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions and to break free of our prejudices because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. Last week, we discussed financial technology, or fintech. We considered some of the innovation going on in everything from digital wallets and mobile payments to buy now, pay later lending. And we highlighted some of the companies who, by reducing cost and removing friction, are increasing accessibility, thereby posing a threat to some of our country's biggest banks. This week, in a rare exception to our policy of showing both sides more or less equally on every issue, we're doing an opinion piece on something about which we both feel passionate. And we hope some of what we say will find its way into a broader discourse so that as a nation, we can make progress with something so important. Again, in full disclosure, even though Lori and I won't always agree will be civil when promoting our own respective bias. And if you want to skip it, please feel free to rejoin us next week when we'll return with a more in-depth look at active versus passive investing. Today's topic on education was partly inspired by one of our listeners who, after our podcast on Gen Z, questioned our comments about them being some of the most educated people in the country because she had read that colleges are actually having a hard time recruiting men. You know, I think that's an exaggeration. Statistics show that among younger millennials and older Gen Z, they're averaging 53% women to 47% men getting a college degree. And about the same when it comes to getting a master's program. However, women still lag men considerably in STEM, engineering, and finance. And since many colleges get more applicants than they have space for, they're staying in college longer to get a job in the first place. So it's important for us to look deeper into some of the more systemic issues, including the cost of education, as well as the opportunities available in this gig economy of ours. Yet, as that listener suggested, U.S. colleges have one and a half million fewer students today than just five years ago. And men do account for 71% of that decline. Also, with regard to college enrollment last year, it was actually 59.5% women and only 40.5% men. And over the next few years, it's estimated two women will earn a degree for every man. Finally, it's important to note this new gender gap isn't just a white thing because it cuts across race, geography, and 
economic background. And unfortunately, no college wants to tackle the issue because it's too politically charged or contrary to their own agenda. But if left unchecked, this trend will have huge social and cultural implications for us in the U.S. The fact that young men are feeling increasingly disconnected and their roles as husbands, fathers, and providers diminished will over time become a destabilizing force in our society. The question then is why more and more men are skipping college or perhaps dropping out. And from what I see, today's youth are becoming entrepreneurs and influencers far earlier in life and are busy selling all sorts of goods on social media. And as a result of that, the abundance of jobs available in things like construction and the example set by some of today's celebrity dropouts, perhaps they simply feel a four-year degree will saddle them with too much debt for years to come. It just isn't worth it anymore. And given the number of single-parent households or households with two working parents, latchkey kids are an issue again. Did you know, for example, that one in four children must get their meals at school? No wonder young boys feel they need to get a job as soon as possible. So why aren't we seeing the same sort of thing with women? I think some of it, at least, has to do with what they're teaching our kids in school. Things like social justice, equity, and inclusion, all of which, under the guise of critical race theory, suggest all white males are supremacists. In Cupertino, California, for example, one elementary school recently asked first graders to rank themselves according to their, quote, power and privilege, and another in Springfield, Missouri, to locate themselves on an oppression matrix. You don't think things like that will erode a young boy's opinion of himself if reiterated year after year by the time it's time to go to college? 60 years ago, some of this might have been true in some parts of the country. But since the days of Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., and Thurgood Marshall, they and others like them have fought and given their lives to make race and gender irrelevant. And now people are making them relevant again in ways that make white men the target when the point should be to reduce or eliminate discrimination, period. And as far as the number of women versus men in school today, that tells me that revolution is well underway because those women will graduate and become tomorrow's leaders, which is what we wanted in the first place. But now the pendulum has swung too far in the other direction. As Ed Grokowski at Junior Achievement said, it's time instead to instill hope in our young men before it's too late. But don't you think there are things our colleges are doing that do have merit? Like the issue of gender equality. We still have a long way to go. Because when women are hired, women still receive lower pay and have less opportunity for advancement, especially women of color. But as we said in our podcast on ESG and impact investing... Social pressure is creating a mandate for companies to hire and train women, and over the course of their working lives, college graduates still earn, on average, more than a million dollars more than those with a high school diploma alone. So there is value in going to college. Of course. 
but not if in grade school during a child's most important and formative years, it's at the sake of teaching our children basic math, comparative literature, or the arts in general, and most important, history, lest, as Winston Churchill said, we doom ourselves to repeating the same mistakes over and over, never learning from our past. As Maxwell Maltz said, you make mistakes. Mistakes don't make you. But these days, too many people are so busy tearing down statues, they don't even know the names of our founding fathers, including Thomas Jefferson, our third president and author of the Declaration of Independence, which in my opinion is the most magnificent thing ever written. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men and women are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, how do we fix, or at least bend, the curve again? The first thing, in my opinion, would be to reduce or sever the influence unions currently have in politics. They shouldn't be fighting with parents in places like Loudoun County over course materials and issues of free speech. Then, again in my opinion, we should do away with tenure. So that, as with every other occupation, including our own, teachers have to earn it every day or suffer the consequence, instead of our kids whose futures are in their hand. Pay them more. Lots more by all means, but make it be based on merit, not on when they were hired. I agree. And the pandemic does seem to have accelerated certain negative trends. We need to teach financial literacy and starting at an early age. And I think we need longer school days and shorter breaks in summer because the U.S. has fallen behind and we have a lot of catching up to do. We need more affordable daycare because as things stand, men and women are burdened with choosing children over career. And as a result, they often end up with less savings and little to no money for their own retirement. We need mentoring programs to open students' eyes to the enormous range of possibilities and to put some of those huge multi-billion dollar college endowments to work, offering more scholarships, including room and board. And most important, we need access for everyone to have broadband technology so that every household has a computer with high-speed internet for the young and old alike to learn or relearn new job skills as the needs of our society changes. So that's what we should be focusing on, Lori, on attracting the best teachers that money can buy and offering them incentives to work in the inner cities to make the highest quality education more affordable and available wherever a person lives, regardless of race or gender. I'm a big fan of people like Stan Druckenmiller and what charities like Paul Tudor Jones Robin Hood Foundation are doing where you live in New York. It's just there aren't enough of them. The bottom line, however, I think is we need to do a better job of helping people help themselves especially those who come from underprivileged neighborhoods, through trade schools, community college, and corporate mentor programs, where we give people a helping hand instead of a handout that only keeps them stuck. 
so they can rely on themselves and thereby create a life of dignity that's based on their own accomplishments. I hope our listeners agree that this shouldn't be partisan or a political issue, but a human one, as the U.S. needs to move forward again in a positive and constructive fashion. This man-woman gap in college isn't so wide it can't be reversed. And as Barnaby said, a nationwide backlash would just be awful. You know, Clarence Thomas went to Yale on affirmative action, and I went to business school on a scholarship for women and academics. It's really time for all of us to give back. Well, (laughs) thanks for listening, everyone. And if you enjoyed today's podcast after all, please share it with friends and family so they can enjoy it too. And together, perhaps we can make a difference. And please join us next week when we will be discussing active versus passive investing in depth. This is Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin for the Plutonomics Podcast signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC, and advisory services through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and any investment opportunities referenced may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced are from sources believed to be reliable, and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth, or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or for statements or errors contained in or admissions from the obtained data and information referenced. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. 